When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Hello, welcome to our look back at the second day's play in the first Ashes Test. It's the analyst inside cricket with you, Simon Hughes and Simon Mann. And this podcast is in association with IG Trading and Investments, one of the England team's sponsors. And again, I'm sure they're happy because it's been another intriguing, action-packed, event-loaded day, Simon. What do you pick out? Where do you want to start? It's, it's a bit like the first day, isn't it? There are so, so many talking points again. But I think you've got to start with the brilliance of Usman Khawaja today. Just batted throughout the day. Yesterday, yeah, he had some difficult overs to face just before the close of play. Today, he, he never looked like getting out until, of course, the new ball arrived and Stuart Broad bowled and cleaned him up. England had their sixth wicket. They were cock-a-hoop after... Uh, you know, frustrating passage of play. And then, would you know it, as Kouaja was walking back to the boundary, Broad's overstepped, Kouaja gets the reprieve, and it's a you know, big moment, potentially, in this test match. But fantastic from Usman Kouaja today. First Ashes 100 in England. You know, he struggled here. He didn't get many runs in the World Test Championship final uh, either. And I think a lot of people came along today thinking, oh, Smith, Labuschagne, possibly Warner is going to show himself in this series. Or even Travis Head, who's you know, been in very good form. But it was Usman Khawaja's day. Yeah, definitely. And uh, he just uh, supervised Australia's recovery from a couple of low points. 29 for two when... Labuschagne was out first ball, 67 for three when Steve Smith went uh, before lunch. And then even uh, with the fifth wicket departure of Cameron Green at 220, 220 for five, England were 170 odd for five. So Australia in a slightly better position than England were yesterday. But they've really only got Travis Head. Uh, they've only got Alex Carey, sorry, and then the bowlers. So, you know, in a way you thought if England could just get one more wicket at five for 220, 220 for five, they might be in for a lead of 60 or 70. 
And now Australia haven't lost another wicket. Uh, Carey played well, didn't he? 52 not out. A couple of escapes, uh, a drop catch to Johnny Bairstow, an edge which went just between Bairstow and Joe Root at slip. So, you know, a couple of little lucky moments for, for Alex Carey, uh, as well as obviously that noble reprieve for Usman Khawaja. But actually they played really well. They put the pitch into perspective. Quite a lot of spin at the end, I thought seeing uh, Mo and Ali operating to the left-handers in particular. Two wickets for Mo and Ali, a classic uh, through the gate of Cameron Green, clean bold. And also he got the wicket of Travis Head as well. Impressive captaincy by Ben Stokes to keep the men in, despite Head going over the top a few times. So it's been a sort of conjuring, a day of conjuring wickets for England. But in the end, actually, Australia probably are expectant of a bit of a lead, 82 behind with... Five wickets in hand. What do you think? Well, the, the, the wind viz just before the close of play had Australia ahead. I think for basically, I mean, not quite the first time in the match, as, you know, as the match has developed. Yeah, they, they look to be ahead now. But it, it's so tight, isn't it? And, you know, wickets in the morning, uh, Australia have to bat last. There's a... There's a indeterminate weather forecast for tomorrow as well it's, it's not looking particularly good there's talk about thunder, thunderstorms tomorrow that, that's a possibility you know which could get in the way of the game uh, you think full five days in for an absolute belter uh, in, in this test match but if the weather does intervene then you know, that, that, that could be problems but it, it, it it's, a, it's, a, it's been a really good game, hasn't it? It's, it's lived up to expectations. The first day did yesterday. Very different sort of day today with Australia grinding it out. So you see the two styles of the two teams, haven't you, uh, yesterday and today. Um, you know, we know the way Australia are going to play, that sort of relentlessness with their batting and, and also with their bowling as well. England are going to attack and they did try to attack with the ball today as well, but it, you know, it didn't, ultimately didn't quite work out for them. So a run rate for Australia of 3.3 compared to England's 5.03, I think, yesterday in the first day. Um, I'm going to pick out a great moment, actually. And I'm going to pick out a great moment that links with our sponsor, IG. Because IG have launched this uh, thing, this fund called the IG Net Gains Fund, which is a commitment to invest in new public net facilities in locations across the country, uh, largely tailored towards the test match venues. And just to sort of, in a way, re-evaluate or emphasise the, the value of net practice, something that Stuart Broad has done. He spent a, a lot of time, and he and Jimmy Anson have that great advantage of time to, to be able to work on their game because they're not constrained to playing endless one-day internationals or T20s. And so they can spend time in the nets working on their skills. I saw Jimmy Anderson today actually bowling a, a knuckleball at one stage, which you know he hasn't really uh, produced before. But Broad has been clearly in the nets working on his outswinger, something that he slightly lost. Well, he never really had, actually, to be frank, because he's got an action where the left arm falls away a little bit in delivery, and so it's perfect for in-swing and bowling round the wicket to left-handers and making the ball swing away from the left-handers. It's harder to make those balls swing away from the right-handers because the wrist falls down the side of the ball to the left of the ball, and to swing it away to a right-hander, you really need to keep your wrist right behind the ball. And what he did really impressively today was after getting the wicket of, uh, of David Warner, we'll explore that in a moment, he kept his 
hand behind the ball beautifully for the del delivery to Marlis Labuschagne, conned him into thinking it was going to be an in-swinger with a leg gully and a short, sort of short mid-wicket fielder. So he was making Labuschagne think he was going to go for the pads and try and get him LBW. But actually, he held the seam just slightly tilted towards slip. He managed to keep his wrist behind the ball. It just swung that beautiful amount to lure Labuschagne into a little kind of mis you know, almost a misguided poke at the ball. He got the edge and Johnny Bairstow did a brilliant one-handed catch. So, you know, there, very much net gains benefit for Stuart Broad from work he's done in the last uh, few weeks working on that uh, outswinger delivery. And it's just worth saying, to find out more about IG Net Gains Fund, you can go to ig.com slash investing Remembering, of course, that if you're thinking about investing in stocks and shares with IG, your capital is at risk. So that was the second wicket of the day. But the first one probably brought the biggest roar, David Warner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he's got him again, hasn't he? I think it's the 15th time in, in Test cricket that Stuart Broad has got him. It was, it, Warner just... I mean, he played quite conservatively and then Broad bowled one outside the off stump. He tied him out, bowled one out wide of off stump and he went for a big drive. He wasn't quite, he didn't seem to have a solid enough base to me to play the shot. He came right off the shot and his head was up and he dragged it into his leg stump. On another day, of course, if you get lucky, the ball goes past your leg stump and you get away with it. But I mean, that was, it felt like a sort of real, really big moment. You know, the history, the recent history brought to, to Warner. He's got him out. Uh, so many times, got him out so many times last time in, in, in the Ashes and he, he struck early and it's sort of one of the reasons why England declared last night and left a few runs out there because they wanted to get broad against Warner they wanted to get the crowd up and as it, as it happened, um, you know Broad was allowed to bowl to Warner today on the, on the second day and the, the crowd was allowed to get involved and it did and, and Warner succumbed and you know, he's, he's gone for nine a bit of debate, talking about you know, how many test matches Warner's got left, you know he, he didn't score that heavily in the World Test Championship final he's been under you know a bit of pressure for his place you know he needs some runs fairly soon if he wants to uh, retire in Sydney you know around about the new year time uh, you know he's got to get some in this first or second test matches it seems to me actually uh, that wicket came slightly against the run and play to me because uh, I, I noticed the way Warner had changed his method to try and counter Broad so Broad's coming in round the wicket uh, to the left-hander and he's got Warner in past series, both LBW, bold and caught behind. But Warner was playing around with his method the last time he was in England. Started off taking guard on leg stump, then he was taking guard on off stump, then he went back to leg stump. He was in a right old tangle generally. But I think this time he'd figured out a method. He was going to keep his front leg well out of the way. He was aware that Broad was largely targeting the stumps. And he was just making sure he can get his back to the ball, keep his front leg completely sort of to the leg side, get his back to the ball and avoid getting LBW. But I think in a way, because of that, keeping his left leg sort of to the leg side to allow him at the bat access to the ball, he was then not able to get across to that wider one, which uh, in the end he only could drag on when he saw a wide ball that he could drive. He wasn't in the right position and got a bottom edge into the stumps. A bit of a strangle, but in a way it was Broad's manipulation of his technique over the last few years that has caused his lack of uh, transfer of weight into to that shot. Now, we talked... Uh, yesterday about the extraordinary repetition of history 
in the ashes about the number of times things happen twice or more than twice and particularly focusing on that first ball of an ashes series at Crawley yesterday drilling that first ball of the series to the extra cover boundary reminiscent of things that Michael Slater have done has done in the past series and also the iconic moments we remember with a, a great deal of lament <laughs> Steve Harmison's awful first ball in the 2006 seven ashes and Rory Burns getting cleaned up the first ball of the last ashes history I thought repeated itself again today and we're doing every uh, day of this series we're doing a recap of great ashes moments the great ashes moment i'm going to recap today is that flintoff brilliant over of 2005 when he got out first justin langer and then ricky ponting an uncannily similar over from broad today first he got the uh, left-hander david warner with a drag on which was similar to justin langer ricocheting one onto the stumps uh, those years ago, 18 years ago, here at Edgbaston. And then in the same over, he gets Labuschagne caught behind, just as Freddie gets Ricky Ponting caught behind in that classic over in 2005. So just as a sort of little memory of that amazing over from Edgbaston in 2005, I caught up with Justin Langer just to ask him of his memories of that over and what it was actually like facing Freddie. You know, the, there's the old, you often talk about a heavy ball. And people say, what does that actually mean, a heavy ball? Well, a heavy ball, means it's almost, there's a there's a pace and it's just on you quick. And the difference between, I say, he was quick, not, not like Akhtar quick, but he was quick. But he also came from a great height. And he also had a bit like Courtney Walsh, bit like a guy called Carl Rackerman who played for Australia. He sort of come a little bit wide of the wicket and he was just strong. He was strong and he was on you all the time. And you, you know the worst thing, and everyone who knows Freddie Flo, the worst thing about facing Freddie, he always smiled at you. It was like he never take it seriously. And Ambrose was the same. Ambrose, Freddie and Wazamakram are the three best I've ever faced. But it was like... He always smiled at you. And when you're facing fast bowling, you want to get in a fight because you need your adrenaline. And Freddie just kept smiling at you all the time. Like he wasn't taking it. And that, oh, that drive was crazy. He was so talented and so fast. And yet he had this demeanour about him where he just kept smiling. He was so chill. He seemed so chilled. And that was a bit daunting because you want to be in a fight. If you're, you're facing fast bowling, you want to be in the fight. And he just, I don't know, I, I just found him a great bloke to play against. So there's a recap of a, a classic over from 2005, replicating what Stuart Broad achieved today. And it's a constant theme, these great moments from Ashes history, because if you're lucky enough to be going to one of the men's Ashes test matches this summer, you'll have the chance to experience some memorable Ashes moments yourself by stepping into the IG Net Gains Arena, which is a cricket simulator recreating six famous deliveries from Ash's past, including, as I mentioned yesterday, Shane Warne's Ball of the Century, including a Mitchell Johnson delivery to Alistair Cook, including also a brilliant delivery from Graham Swan to Ricky Ponting at Edgbaston in 2009, a classic off-spinners delivery that cleaned up Ponting through the gate. And actually, Mo and Ali did the same today to Cameron Green. So if you have the chance of getting into that 
IG net gain simulator, you can try facing all those deliveries, six great deliveries from the ashes. The more runs you score, the more money will be added to the IG net gains fund, and you might even get the chance to try and hit a few sixes on the outfield at T. So look out for that, the IG Net Gains Fund. Well, just on that, Yoz, I know a couple of people have had a go at that. Ebony Rainford-Brent had a go at those six balls today, and she said she scored ten runs, and she said Mike Atherton had had a go at those six balls, and he scored only six runs. So, I mean, it sounds like great fun. I think everyone's quite keen to you know, get people to go over there and, and have a go. Um, I, I wonder how many you would get, Yoz. Anyway, that's, that's Ebony 10, uh, other 6. Uh, brilliant. What a brilliant story. Yeah. One-upmanship for the girls. But I, it doesn't surprise me that Athers didn't get many because... <laughs> You know, he didn't hit it off the square at the best of times, did he? Ebony did say, though, she moved the. She seemed to have moved the stumps to the ball of the century. So I think she knew what was coming. She knew it was going to be a, a you know, hard-spun uh, leg break. She said she just moved the stumps a bit. So it actually, it actually missed her off stump rather than, like, with, with Gat hitting the top of the off stump. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So we've recapped most of the dismissals of the day. I just want to briefly alight on the dismissal of Stephen Smith, actually. Steve Smith, who was confronted by two leg gullies and a short mid-on when he came in for that hat-trick ball from Stuart Broad. Uh, Broad slung it down the leg side, trying to get him caught in the leg trap and obviously didn't get it quite right. But you could see Smith's mind being exercised by England's various tactics. Stokes tinkering the field, Broad playing with the, the ball, moving a few in and a few out, trying to get him LBW. And, and just the general strategies that England used for Smith, I think were quite... Although Smith is a, an old warrior and you know used to all this stuff, I think it was quite wearing on him. And in the end... You know, with all these kind of different ploys that Stokes tried out, I think he just missed a straight ball. He was almost, not me, I don't think mentally tired, I mean, that's an overstatement, but something, he was just slightly disorientated, perhaps, and he missed a straight ball and he was LBW to Stokes. So, in a way, all that mucking around from England did work. It sort of just slightly upset Smith's rhythm. He never really got going. And, uh, you know, that was a brilliant wicket to get. Then Travis Head uh, was exposed to the short ball. And I thought England did quite well to, to get at him with the short ball. But they didn't really have the extra pace to exploit the weakness that was exhibited in that World Test Championship final last week at the Oval. They could have done with Mark Wood uh, at that point, I think, to try and, you know, really rough him up. But he managed to get to 50, quite an important innings. 
and then Cameron Green. Well, Cameron Green, key moment in the game, I suppose, Simon, was Cameron Green down the wicket to Moen Alley and a big spinner through the gate, missed stumping. Yeah, and it, it will reopen the debate, I'm sure, on, on social media about Ben Folks not playing in this test match. But you know, Best, uh, uh, on the plus side, has made 78 in the first innings and revived England where, when they were under real pressure. They were 176 for five when he walked in and they ended up with 393. Uh, and also he took that excellent catch to get rid of uh, Marnus Labuschagne. And Ben Folks has missed the stumpings and dropped catches when he's played for England. You know, no one's flawless behind the stumps. Uh, but you know, two big errors, really. Green on naught, missed stumping. And also Carey on 26, little feather from Joe Root, as we mentioned earlier, dropped catch, you know, which is costing him. England as well. So two mistakes that have cost England. The, the question is, then the really difficult one to answer is, where do you fit Ben Folks into the team? If you, if you assume that Johnny Bairstow is coming back in, you know, what else do you do? There's, there are no easy solutions. People, you know, people sort of glibly say, oh, let Ben Stokes open or get Harry Brook to open. You know, Brooks opened a bit, but not very successfully in, in first-class cricket. Ben Stokes has never done it. You know, he's got to bowl his overs as well and captain the side. You know, it, 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 it's not an easy one. Some say, oh, put Pope up to opening. Well, you know, Pope's only just gone to number three. He's played you know, m- much of his career in the middle order. So, you know, there are no obvious solutions to this. And it's just, it's just really hard on someone like uh, Ben Folks. It's tough. You know, it's ruthless international sport, isn't it? It's like the old goalkeeper situation. Uh, you know, you can only play one of them. Um, for the most part, anyway, I know England, there have been times when England played a couple when they had uh, Butler and Bairstow in the side. But you know, it's it's not easy, and they've gone they've gone with Bairstow. But it, you know, if they play folks, you know, what do they do with the rest of the side? And it's all you know. I'm sure the selectors would love to have Ben Folks keeping wicket. They'd love to have their their best keeper out there. But you know, it, it, it totally affects the, the rest of the side. You know, once you you know accept that Bairstow has to come in, and, and I think he does. Of course, he does. You know, he's he's a, he had a magnificent summer, and he's also produced already for England in this Test match and shown his his value to the team. It's just one of those things. You know. It, Everyone drops catches as well, and there was a difficult one to Joe Root just just before the close of play. Uh, you know that, that you know that was a, a small error, a difficult one really. Really, it would have been a fantastic catch. And throughout the series, you know, probably most of the players playing it, it will drop a catch or two, a, a, a vital moment. It happens. Uh, yeah, it's not an easy solution. I don't see there is an, an obvious solution. They'd love to have Ben Folks. They'd love to have twelve. It's the old thing, isn't it? You, you just love to pick twelve in a cricket team rather than eleven. <laughs> in support of Bearstow keeping wicket. I like his bubble behind the stumps, especially standing up. He's a bit like Shane Warne used to be, a few little kind of comments here and there, just to try and rile the batsman ever so slightly. I mean, I was listening to him when he was stood up to the stumps to both Moen Ali and also, actually, ironically, to Harry Brook. Harry Brook had a couple of overs. He came on in the 15th over. Can you believe that? Bowling to Steve Smith. And the commentators were laughing, but I don't think Steve Smith was laughing, actually. He thought it was quite sort of provocative in a way. And Bearstow was like, uh, when Moen was bowling, you could hear him saying, oh, oh, you know, like that, in just making a, a lot of a fairly ordinary delivery. And you could hear him saying, he wanted to sweep, he wanted to sweep. There's a twitch, there's a twitch. Keep bowl, keep building the pressure, Moen. Go on, Moen. Great bowling, Mo. Things like that. Which I think, you know, not only encourages the bowler, but it actually gets quite annoying for the batter as well. And he's much more vocal than Ben Folks. And, you know, although that might be irritating if you've got the stump mics turned up in your ear as a commentator and 
actually, it, it, it can have a wearing effect on a batter as well and undermine their concentration. So, in a way, I quite like that. He's a, he's a sort of ebullient character, quite sort of noisy behind the stumps. And, you know, one of England's greatest ever keepers, Jack Russell, was like that. You know, he would be saying something every ball, when he, especially when he stood up to the stumps. He'd be saying things like, not convinced when a batsman played forward and you know it, it just it chips away at a batsman's concentration so although it looks annoying from a distance it can have quite a useful effect and I think a lot of teams quite like a keeper like that who can be quite quite noisy and irritating to the opposition yeah how, how damaging is it for a dressing room when chances go down there yours you know you've been in dressing rooms and people say oh you just put it behind you you know move on to the next one everyone drops chances but you know when a, when a batter gets in and just you know, ticks the board over like Carey's done like Cameron Green did you know that was worth 38 Carey dropped on 26 he's past uh, you know 50 now how much does that chip away at a team or, well, I think or can it's worse you... I think it's worse for a fast bowler actually because you know, you put so much effort in and, uh, you know, fast bowling actually hurts physically. And if you then induce the edge on a flat pitch against the best player and it goes you know, straight to the keeper or, you know, fairly straight, straight to the keeper, regulation catch, and he drops it, it does make you furious because you put all that effort in. I think as a spinner, you know, it, it's much harder for the keeper. He hasn't got much time to adjust or... You know, the ball is on you straight away, right up to the stump. So it's just challenging and the ball might spin and kick. And, you know, it's much easier standing back than standing up. So I think you can be a bit more forgiven as, uh, forgiving as a, as a spinner, actually. Obviously, it's irritating. It's disappointing. You've, uh, you know, you've, you've created, found a chink in a batter's approach and lured him down the pitch or something. And so it's disappointing. But I, I think you can be realistic and you know that but Johnny works furiously hard at his game. So you can't really blame him. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll try and work even harder to improve. So, uh, you know, I, I think England are realistic about it. OK, then, you So two days gone in this test match. Um, let's still look ahead a bit. Where, you know, where, where is the balance of power? We, we said that Australia just ahead. Um, what are the scenarios we're looking at here? I mean, we'd say Australia get a first innings lead and then, then you get into that third innings pressure, don't you? How do you play it in the third innings? The ball is turning and Australia have got Nathan Lyon and they've got pace bowlers that have had a, you know, perhaps a day and a bit's rest, you know, possibly even a day and a half's rest, depending how long they can extend this first innings, Australia. Yeah, I, I mean, England do not want to concede a, a substantial lead, obviously. If they can keep Australia to 400, I think that's, that, you know, that's that, that therefore it's par after two innings. Lyon is going to be a threat. Uh, England are, are, will come out, uh, you know, kind of like they did in the first innings. They'll come out bludgeoning him, I'm sure. But they need to be smart and work him around, as they actually did in the first innings as well. So I think, actually, that if England can bowl Australia out for 400, so they're not really conceding a significant lead, and then get 250, that's going to be tough to chase, fourth innings. So they've got to look at how do they get between 250 and 300 in the third innings. And that's not impossible. It's still a reasonably flat pitch to face the seam bowlers on. 
it's just going to be lying at one end and the seam is rotating at the other. So they have to find a, figure out a way of scoring off line. And I mean, Root is going to be the key, isn't he? He's the best player of spin in the team. They don't know how to bowl. Line doesn't really know how to bowl to him. They don't know where to set a field to him. So what they want to do is get. they need to get Root early in Australia. If Root stays in and gets an 80, say, England should be confident of getting 300. And I, I would give England just the edge at the moment, provided they can bowl Australia out for 400 or less. Yeah, we've what seen, do you say? Well, we saw, lot, didn't we? we saw lots of test matches in the 90s where you think, oh yeah, England might be able to get a first innings lead, then Australia would just take the game away from them on the third day, which is often seen as, as moving day. So, yeah, it's... it's, it's it's tantalising. You can hear in the background. Sounds like everything's being destroyed <laughs> behind you now. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's the, you know, you get Saturday, the, the, the cricket, yeah, everything gets sort of cleaned up afterwards. Uh, yeah, well, it's a, it's a tantalising third day in prospect. And it's been a, a fabulous game so far. I mean, the pitch has been a bit sluggish. That's probably the one thing. Yeah, it's been hard work. I mean, we play on pitches like this the rest of the summer. There are going to be some very tired bodies out there on, on both sides. And, they, you know, they're obviously going to have to rotate the, the pace bowlers because it's going to be, you know, really hard work to... to, to you're going to have to bowl a lot of overs and you're going to be in the field for a lot of days because, you know, it's not like some pitches in England where, you know, you can get a three-and-a-half-day test match. You're going to play on these sort of flat surfaces. It's, it's, they're going to have to put it in, aren't they? All, you know, both teams. Uh, how I see it, well, um, it, it, it's even, I, I would say, at the moment. And it's, it's there to be grabbed in the morning, really, as long as the weather allows us to do so. I don't know if you wore blue today, but a lot of people did in memory of yeah. Bob Willis, of course, uh, his prostate cancer fund. And you can go to the, the Bob Willis website, actually, to, look, to learn more, because there was an estimation that today at Edgebaston, 2,000 men in the ground will get prostate cancer <laughs> out of the, what, 25,000 or so that were there. So it is worth getting checked out if you're uh, of a certain age. And for more information and to donate to the Bob Willis Fund, it's bobwillisfund.org. Uh, a fantastic campaign. Great to see so many people uh, dressed in blue today at Edgebaston in memory of the man who was just... He was, he was an iconic figure and, of course, you know, also representative of that great... Uh, another Ashes moment in history, 8 for 43. And, in fact, the, the number that you can text money to in the fund is related to, to, to him because it's 70843, 70 being the, the age he died at, and 843, 8 for 43, the, those figures at Headingley in 1981. So by texting 10, 20 or 30 to the number 70843, you can also donate to the fund. And one other thing just to mention, we said there's going to be a, a prize for the sparkling moment of the day, a bottle of Shapeldown English sparkling wine for those of you who nominate the sparkling moment of the day. I guess uh, Miles Labuschagne's dismissal today must be up there. You can nominate the sparkling moment of the day by going to our Twitter handle at the Analyst Pod. Nominate your sparkling moment of the day so far, and we'll assess all of those towards the end of the match and pick three winners. And those three winners will get a magnum of Chapel Down English sparkling wine. And Simon, we'll speak to you tomorrow. 
Yeah, rain, rain, stay away, come again another day. Mind you, we can't get um, too greedy, can we? Because it's, it's barely rained in England for about uh, four weeks. Uh, perhaps it's coming tomorrow. It would be great if it stayed away for at least three days. And we played this uh, test match to its uh, natural conclusion because we're in potentially for another belter. Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.